Evening, passengers. This is your conductor speaking. Take your seats, keep all arms, tentacles, and other appendages inside the hearse at all times. We wouldn't want any unhappy accidents, now would we? Tonight's brought to you by the dark underbelly of the mythological and factual world. It may not be appropriate for all the little cryptids in your home. Be sure to tuck them into their coffins with a kiss goodnight, because we're revving up for our road trip to the grave. Hi, I'm Matu. Hey guys, I'm Shelby. Hey guys, I'm Stephanie, and I'm going to be your driver tonight. You guys, I am not a gossip. That's not who I am. You know me. I don't like drama. I don't like to put people's shit out there. But I just have to tell you that I saw a group of people dancing sky-clad with the devil. I saw them. I wrote their names down. Even though I don't like drama and gossip, I wrote all their names down. <laughs> they were dancing sky-clad with the devil and witches, and their names are Elena and Ashley and Cliff and Kathy and Kelsey and Maria, Sarah, Sulana and Tawny. All of them. I saw them. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Goody, aren't those the same people who complained about your lasagna last week? No, not at all. <laughs> I make a fantastic lasagna, and I only know they were there because I was there too. I was also dancing skyclad with the devil. I was the witch. <laughs> I'm the witch. They were dancing naked with that. me. I just wanted to live deliciously. I did. That's why I made the lasagna. <laughs> I'm really bummed there's no bonnet right now, though. The so kids. What I the did. The... Uh, they took it and they were messing with it. It's probably like in some stupid place. I'll find it. I did specifically buy a bonnet just so I could do that bit. <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere. I'll have to post that video of me that I made where I was like, <laughs> when Goody Proctor is showing some ankle to Jedediah, but that's your cousin fiance. <laughs> All right. So. To follow up from Shelby's episode, today we're going to be talking about Taunton State Hospital and the Lizzie Borden House. Um, both are in the Bridgewater Triangle and both have pretty nefarious, sinister stories that go along with them. Um, I'm going to start with the Taunton State Hospital uh, because they both actually connect story-wise, rumor-wise, and um, folklore-wise. The Taunton State Hospital was established in 1845 um, in Taunton, Massachusetts. It was originally named the State Lunatic Hospital. So, of course it was, as one does. <laughs> talk about being, you know, politically correct and sensitive, right? Um, the State Hospital was the second mental health facility to open in all of Massachusetts, um, and it's often called America's Most Haunted Asylum. When I read that, I started Googling because I was like, is American Horror Story Asylum after this? And I was oh. shocked to find out that it's not. Even oh. though as we get into it, you'll see that a lot of the themes and things that Taunton is known for were actual themes in American Horror Story Asylum. I do love that season, but I'll never um, forget like that plot twist toward the end. And I was like, is this actually happening? <laughs> yeah. American Horror Story tends to gather several different stories that are about like kind of similar topics and kind of right. mush them together. Um, 
I actually stopped watching the show after Coven, but um, that is the I best season. I haven't even seen the other season, and seasons. I just felt like they couldn't follow it up. And I was like, they're not. And then they're like Roanoke, and I was like, oh god, I'm really not watching this. That one my... made my brain hurt. Like, oh, I think I tried to watch much. this. I did watch the circus one, like the the freak show one. I think that what makes was... me like eh. laugh the hardest about Roanoke is how they literally like told them where they were going on the tree and then everyone was like it's a mystery where could they have gone the first time so it was the second time i had been watching it but the first time nick saw it he was like wait why is kuba gooding jr now a different black guy like oh god that'd be like watching it's just so ridiculous that'd be like watching uh Haunting of Hill House and then Blight Manor and being like, wait a second. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those are both so good. Like if I could go back in time and forget Haunting of Hill House so I could watch it again, I would do it in a heartbeat. They're both so yeah, good. And I, I'm sorry, oh, but good. Like, Blight Manor made me ball. Like a It made baby. me ball too. <laughs> oh, that ending. Oh, that ending was so good. They owe me money. So them and them and WandaVision, they owe me money for emotional damages. Truly. Yeah, WandaVision fucked me up um so adhd rant number one <laughs> side. um the building's design was based on the revolutionary ideas of dr thomas kirkbridge but throughout his career he was um rumored to design and create buildings that trap spirits so it wasn't the best reputation <laughs> Um, the building was designed to let in loads of sunlight as a form of treatment, which was funny to me because it kind of pales in comparison to some normal practices in this time, like bloodletting, lobotomies, electric You got ghosts therapy. in your blood. You should do cocaine about it. <laughs> like, On it. Headache? Let's <laughs> let your blood out. Um, and, you know, therapeutic hypothermia were all big back then, but... You I know what, though? If you've got a headache and they bloodlet you... You're gonna pass out and then boom, no headache. Yeah, maybe I should try it <laughs> you next can't time. Have I have a headache and you're unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Taunton was open until 1975. Um, some reports said 1978, it's not exactly clear. Um, and over the years, the building fell into disrepair and even caught fire in 2006. So today, not much of the building stands, and they've never been able to say what caused the fire. I was going to say, I was literally going to ask, like, random fire. But, like, was it teenagers or was it arson? You know what that reminded me of? Sorry, here's the King of the Hill tangent, the first mm -hmm. one. When uh, like when Bobby accidentally burns the church down and <laughs> Reverend Stroop is like, the arson investigator has, conduct has concluded his investigation. <laughs> We're just talking about that the other day. It was arson. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm kind of convinced it probably was arson because it seems like half of the town like that the some of the buildings are still standing because it, it kind of like adds to the like spookiness of the town and the other half hate it they think it's like the uh -oh, goths and for the town. you know <laughs> what it makes me think of so there was this um like so, side tangent but it is spooky stuff um and it does deal with mental illness um there was this guy in pennsylvania like in the 30s 1930s um who was very convinced he had been working on a farm next door to this elderly lady and she had like looked at him 
and like after she had looked at him he started having like a series of hallucinations that started to get <laughs> gradually i know you're la- laughing but like because it is very amusing so he started these hallucinations started to get gradually worse right and so one day he gets a fucking like he starts telling everyone in town she's a witch that this that's woman has cursed him sounds like every dude that's ever dated yeah me, but go right on. <laughs> <laughs> but like he's fucking super convinced she's a witch and he gets a double barrel shotgun, walks into her house and just blows her fucking brains out. <gasps> no. Yeah, right? Oh, Full God. blown, says she's been haunting me and torturing me, all this shit. And so he he does get arrested. Uh, Good. And they have him uh, like seen by a psychologist during the trial because he continued to maintain that he thought she was a witch. And uh, they concluded that he had schizophrenia and uh that he had convinced himself that this schizophrenia was at the cause of this older older woman and so she died because of you know unchecked mental illness and patriarchy yeah and the patriarchy uh he did go to prison for a very very long time because he was like 23 like so he was like 19 when he was working at the farm and 23 when he killed her and he was like 79 when he got out of because they put him in a mental health institute prison type thing that's Not just a, sad it is it, he came out and was like i'm really sorry like oh, i was not sad. medicated i didn't know what was going on with me and everybody said she was a witch and i believed them and you know concluded from there and um he really thought that the only way to make his hallucinations stop was to kill her and it's just so sad because it's just and that's what that's the kind of shit that i think of when we get in like just it's so like when we're talking about asylums and stuff like that it's so fucked up uh so i I see that anger you know what i mean yeah no it's crazy to think like how little we knew back then but even still today oh yeah there's you know and then the the stigma yeah like I mean, you guys know, I worked in a behavioral health clinic Mm -hmm. for three years, and it's, like, it is insane how many people were like, well, I'm just now coming because I didn't want people to judge me, or, like, Mm -hmm. the stigma, and the laws surrounding, like, mental health records. I mean, like, obviously, there's records to protect medical information, like, private medical information, but even so, for mental health, it is insane how strict they are. And your insurance, if you get diagnosed with the wrong kind of mental illness, your insurance will stop covering shit. And um, especially like borderline personality disorder. Yes. And you can be barred from like jobs and stuff if you have a a DX for BPD. Um, But it's a lot. Yeah. Like the the medical releases for information pertaining to mental health, they have to be incredibly specific. Oh, yeah. Like you can't just. Uh, like hit up a like for most records you can just be like hey give me their records but for like mental health records you have to say like what it's for what you want like what and then what you're using it for yeah. what you're using it for and then from there you could actually get in legal trouble if mm-hmm. you like do whatever with it like the only thing that that doesn't protect is like lawyers offices because obviously a lawyer is going to share that information okay. but other than that you you can actually get in trouble it's insane how strict they are yeah so it just made me i was thinking about that story because um i think about how many people think about hauntings and like obviously we we know the asylum's considered to be haunted 
Um, maybe someone tried to burn it down because they were terrified of it. Right. Or like maybe they were a patient there. A right. Pa- a patient is a word I'm going to use loosely because that's Or maybe were. one of their family members was. And they don't want to look at it anymore because the way they were sick treated. Of it. Yeah. Because I think like if I found out like, oh, my mom was put in this because of, you know, whatever reason because you know like uh my mom she was, enjoyed a book every now and well my then. mom was kind of a, a hussy you know uh <laughs> right i love that for her uh but you know how they treated <laughs> like the 60s and 70s if you were promiscuous boom mm-hmm. right in the fucking yeah even before then yeah, oh, yeah. especially yeah. as a woman oh especially before right then the they're right all the um your hoop skirt is like three quarters of an inch too short so guess where you're going <laughs> yeah big well, reference especially to, for like, women that girl interrupted <laughs> girl yes. interrupted yeah right. you, the moment you're promiscuous oh you have borderline personality disorder even if you don't like yeah mm. yeah but if it was my mom i'd bring the fucker down too just a thought i mean yeah i mean that is definitely a common theme <clears throat> like that i found as i was reading is i mean even people who worked there mm-hmm. like were terrified um because of things that they saw things that um they witnessed you know happening happening to patients and even just weird I would be too things because uh, even in a setting like that there is that power trade-off like look at the Stanford mm-hmm. prison experiment like I know that this is supposed to be a situation of like doctor patient but here in some cases it, it is prisoner like warden mm-hmm. type of thing so I totally it get it yeah especially back then you know yeah. because and especially for women back then I mean your husband could say oh I'm dropping her off and I think she's crazy or, you know, my wife be like, yep. fine. <laughs> and they take her and mm-hmm. that, there would be nothing to it. You know, my wife who is not allowed to have hobbies and 13 children cries all the time. Clearly right. she is insane. Right. right. Uh, re the room with the yellow wallpaper. You've seen that. You guys read that short story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. If you guys haven't read that short story, I highly recommend it. Um, it's very sad though. So, you know, go with caution. <laughs> <laughs> so um even after the hospital had closed um the some of the buildings that were still standing and functional were used to house three departments of the state of massachusetts um which were the social services department youth what? services and mental health services um, minors were kept here that had like history of violent behavior um, and other convicted juvenile offenders were also kept here Um, Yeah. In 2004, a report was revealed that, um, excuse me, it was released that revealed 97% of employees from Taunton felt unsafe due to dangerous conditions. Yeah, that's sad. That's just sad. Um, Is that because of like just the building itself or like the the patients? I think it was how they were, um, how they were keeping these patients yeah um wasn't i mean it was just wasn't a secure place mm-hmm. also if you're had three departments that mm-hmm. you know are basically coinciding yeah and mm-hmm. employees felt like the job couldn't be done correctly or safely so it's just so, sad um it's like there's an issue with like housing in like prisons and stuff like that as well oh, of course you guys know that I, i've been arrested so like twice for stupid shit like stupid teen shit uh but i did spend like uh an overnight in um in a prison cell and 
before they could transfer me to the the regular jail and across from me they had um this this individual who was um not well and <laughs> uh i say that in the politest way she ripped a uh a guard's like cheek off with her teeth oh god yeah i saw it happen that was not the place for her yeah, well, no, place, she should have been not the place in, for uh, Matu either. It was no, not the place absolutely. for me. Don't keep me with someone like that. I know. <laughs> she was so yes, close to me. I was but... like, mm, bars are not far enough apart. Uh, <laughs> like, Can I go elsewhere, please? <laughs> uh, I did get transferred the next day, thank God. But um, <laughs> swear to God. But like, she should have been somewhere where she could be uh, properly medicated and under safe supervision, not with mm-hmm, some, you know, absolutely. jackass fucking guards. And that's my same problem, like, with the asylums, is they just stuck the criminally, you know, and actively violent, mentally ill people with people who just have, like, really, really bad depression. Yes. Like, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but just adding to what Montu just said, I just wanted to say that cops write the most bad 5150s. So uh, that's probably why she ended up The amount of mentally ill teenagers who get the shit beat out of them by cops is a number that is too high for its own good. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Please continue. Sorry. No, go ahead. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. If I go off on that tangent, we'll be here until tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, throughout the years, employees reported feeling uneasy in the lower level of the asylum, and rumors quickly spread that experimental medical procedures were conducted by doctors and nurses in this lower level, which again, I think in this, that day and age was pretty common, Right. um, you know, for experimental medicine and inhumane medicine to be occurring yeah um so people reported this all the time offended Matu. nothing was ever done about it Matu, um, he was waving his agatha doll at us <laughs> but um like the hospital staff had even reported um patients being taken down into the lower level and never being seen again oh that's horrifying yeah so there was never any concrete evidence of this but i mean throughout the years like employees that had no connection to each other reported it over oh and no over i believe it again. i fully believe it yeah so this definitely played into like the sinister and horrific reputation of the hospital um another rumor that started because of this lower level um and patients you know being taken down and never seen again was that the hospital was run by a group of satanist oh we love the enter, satanic panic enter satanic panic yeah um, oh the 80s so, again i don't love that it happened i just love hearing about it right so, yeah so you know these rumors started um because they were saying that the Satanists were taking patients into the lower level for rituals and even human sacrifices, <laughs> which is why they were never seen again. They were stealing the adrenochrome. <laughs> but strange enough, um, a lot of these employees that did go into the lower level and felt uncomfortable um, reported repeatedly seeing unknown and unexplainable markings on the walls in the basement. And I tried really hard (laughs) to, like, figure out, like, what these markings were, what they looked like. Um, 
but there was nothing. So uh, either so there's the interwebs. There's two things that either happened there. A, they're bullshitting. B, it was so terrifying they don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> so though like, that years go on and like you have different employees coming in and they're all saying the same thing. Yeah, no, for sure. Because it's not like people were like as well connected back then, you know, through the internet and like reading it on a Reddit and then being like, oh, by the way, I yeah. saw those markings. You know, so, like, I saw those. I totally did. Did they say whether or not the basement was also the like where they would cremate bodies? So, I mean, they shouldn't have been doing that period in a state uh, hospital. Uh, yes, but, but it did they happen even have a in other asylums. Right. Some asylums do have crema- uh, did have crematories where right. they would be like a one-stop shop. Your person gets dropped off here. That they die of old age here, and we cremate them and send their ashes on to you. So unethical, man. Because especially like if you. Because this was in like the someone US, someone dies right? by negligence yeah. or at, okay. even worse, like you straight up murder somebody, you just yeet them into the crematorium and all the evidence is gone. Uh, you guys well, don't want to hear that like how... bad shit about asylums. Just look into the ones in England. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's how um, a lot of other asylums got away with stuff like that back then. Like, of course. Doing uh, Catholic churches too. And experiments. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... The, they usually picked um, patients that didn't have family, you know, didn't have anyone that would come and check on them. And then, yeah, they would have crematoriums in the basement. And they would they also experiment on them first. Yeah. Yep. yep. So um, just to play into the spookiness and the rumors of, of Taunton, um, there was a resident that stayed in Taunton Hospital and he claimed that while he was um, staying there, he um, had tried to escape. Good for him. And he, there was actually a cemetery on the property. So he was kind of laying low um, in the cemetery, like trying to figure out where to go. Um, And just to, you know, preclude, he, he did have a history of drug addiction and substance abuse. But obviously he swears up, like he swears up and down. He had been sober at this point because he had been staying in Taunton for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was actually getting ready to be moved to a residential facility, but he did try escaping. Um, He was laying low in the cemetery, trying to figure out where to go. And he kind of like crouched down by a tombstone and he felt cold hands on his shoulders. Uh -uh. Um, So he thought he had actually been found and he stood up to turn around and there was no one there Ooh. and then all of a sudden he heard a low whisper that said leave hmm. so wow. so ghost looking out or like <laughs> good looking out boo <laughs> right I, I think he took leave the wrong way like yeah <laughs> i think he the took cemetery leave the and way. not leave the property because he was so scared he actually turned himself in like oh, right wow. in no, that's sad. Yeah. I was going to um, say too, I feel like that should tell you how awful it must have been to be there that he was like that close to being done with his quote unquote treatment. Right. And, and then going to go to like a residential and he still wanted to leave. Right. Yeah. That's a little lot. Yeah. Yeah. So he walked back in, turned himself in and, you know, started telling people what had happened. And basically no one believed him because he had a history of substance abuse. Of course. Um, But I think, I I mean, geez, you'd have to be super terrified to go back to the place. To go turn yourself back into a place you hate. Yeah, for sure. Right. So while that resident has, he's never been named 
Um, I tried to look all over to see, you know, who he was, you know, beyond being, you know, read about and talked about as just a person with, you know, a substance abuse. That is terrible that that's how they decided to talk about him. They're all, oh, he had this experience. However, he did drugs once. Well, and also why he can't be trusted. You know what I mean? Like, Uh, don't get me into my whole... I could go on about that for a very long time as somebody who's a, a, a recovered narcotic, so. I mean, period, point blank. Mental illness is not a choice. It's a real disease. It's an imbalance in your brain. Yep. Um, addiction is also a disease. No one wakes up one day and says they want to be an addict. So, right? <laughs> period, yeah. done. Like, <laughs> I won't have that discussion with anybody. It won't be an argument with anybody. I just hate that, like, oh, you know, side note just like my own perspective as somebody everybody acts like oh well you just you know you were stupid and decided to do drugs and that's on you and they don't look into the allure of you know someone who maybe is struggling with a bunch of other mental illnesses and they're like and seeing like especially when you're struggling with mental illness and you're looking for a connection and you're at a party and you're trying to connect with people and you're deep like young and afraid that they're gonna say no and you have no friends and you're like suffering you know but i think that yeah they use that as an excuse that oh let's not believe this person when in actuality it's like this person's just like there's something wrong like right. people don't just jump to drugs for funsies and i mean sure i'm sure there are people who do especially like rich people but there's also something meaningfully wrong with those people right. who jump to drugs immediately right that's like you one of those things where it's people. like uh what's classy when you're rich but terrible when you're poor yeah right. drugs drugs yeah yep. speaking especially two languages <laughs> yeah but go ahead that's my only tangent on that so um, I found two notable patients that had stayed at Taunton. One of them I had never heard of, the other one I had. Um, the first one being Anthony Santo. He was an Italian-American serial killer. Um, there's not a lot of known history about like his childhood or um, his upbringing because he did immigrate from Italy. Mm-hmm. But um, he was said to have contracted scarlet fever, which Oof. left him you know, with brain impairments that caused mad spells as his family called it mad spells um, he later went on to say that this is what caused him to kill two of his cousins and a six-year-old little girl oh i'm sure um yeah so he spent most of his life in taunton after that um he did die there so they say there's mm. never been any con um, concrete proof that he died there but he did spend the majority of his life there um yeah i tried to find too like what caused the mad spell if he ever said what caused the mad spell but to me, that sounds like his parents were like oh yeah he had scarlet fever perfect he had the scarlet, scarlet fever. fever and he was like oh yeah i totally did yup that's that's yep. why i did it no other reason and then but, scarlet yep. fever did it that's why i did it so the second one um probably the most famous that stayed in taunton is jane toppin um she was a sociopathic serial killer she admitted to killing people by poisoning and she was a nurse i think i've heard of that one 
shout out to my profession because <laughs> what up y'all a shit crazy bitch um <laughs> she admitted like during her first evaluation when she was um taken to taunton that she wanted to keep killing vulnerable people and the Damn. more people she could kill the better that's something um, and the fact that she stayed here the rest of her life definitely fueled like the stories of evil spirits and bad things at Taunton um, because she pretty much spent the rest of her life saying like, it's a good thing she's here because yeah. she would still be killing vulnerable people if she could. That's such a, I, like, I don't want to say that's a weird urge, but like, I know that like, okay, so as somebody with, um, like i'm sure shelby you understand as somebody with ocd um i understand like mild compulsions um my compulsions are like silly um mine are like holy fuck if we don't clean the room right now i actually might break down and cry and sleep in a corner yes. like um yeah. <laughs> like i feel like i'm suffocating when the room is dirty and I, I'm sure a lot of that comes from like, you know, my parents saying, if you don't clean your room, I'm going to throw everything you own away and shit like that. Mm. Uh, and then I have like uh, other OCD compulsions, which are like, you should lick the bottom of your chair. I really enjoyed the other day, like when I sent you the video of me frothing liquid IV. <laughs> I was just like, why? <laughs> because intrusive thoughts, that's why. That's literally it. It was an intrusive thought and you did it. <laughs> no, so I wanted to use the milk frother to blend it because, I mean, you drink liquid IV. You know that shit can be hard to blend it, it, up. It can be a, a bitch, yeah. So I was like, oh, I have a milk frother. Let me do that. And then I noticed it bubbling and I was like, oh. Bubbles. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, I'm bubbles. the exact same way. It's up some of my intrusive thoughts are just like no that would kill us sweetie yeah, just, like I know, but, right? so i i get i get that but like i also have this like foresight that says that's a horrible fucking idea yeah <laughs> um i just so for me it's like i i understand intrusive thoughts i understand understand mild compulsions but i don't understand the no i enjoy doing this so i'm gonna keep doing it um, yeah so I'm, I, I, you know, I don't know her uh, DX. I don't understand, like, you know, her diagnosis. But to me, that sounds uh, very much like it was a mixture of OCD compulsions with, like, uh, what you may call it, with narcissistic. Definitely, yeah, some, yeah. Um, sociopathic tendencies there. Yeah, sure. either sociopathy or you know, sociopathy, antisocial, uh, or. Um, definitely definitely narcissism in there because she's comfortable and happy with what she was doing kind of thing it just sounded like she enjoyed doing it yeah because, it's a little i mean like medical professions draw sociopaths like surgeons doctors ceos yeah. mm -hmm. those are what draw sociopaths oh absolutely and at the time women couldn't be doctors so i wouldn't be surprised if she was like well the mm -hmm. best thing i can do is be a nurse so let's well, do that I, like I told you, uh, when I worked for the sur the spine surgery uh, place, I was in line for like a full position, like annual pay type thing. Uh, but the main surgeon didn't like me because I was too compassionate. Yeah. 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 So I was let go because I was too kind to the uh, patients. That sounds about right for a surgeon. Mm. <clears throat> but yeah, please continue. So yeah, while her um, her stay at Taunton definitely fueled like rumors and um, 
the reputation of being an evil place. I think the fact that it also had a cemetery didn't help. No, definitely, um, and, and people disappeared in the basement definitely fuels that. Right. So um, people who live in Taunton have um, for a long time said that they have seen apparitions, heard screams at night and unexplainable noises, um, either coming from the buildings or specifically in the cemetery. And See, that's been this a is a place time. that I would love to visit. Uh, yeah, I think I think it would be cool. I mean, a lot of the buildings aren't standing anymore, um, right? But the ones that they have kept, they actually have deemed a historical site. In right, Taunton. and like I've told you, I'm a huge skeptic, like to the point, uh, like at nausea, like I just don't do not believe in ghosts, and I would love to be proven wrong. I can't wait to do my Savannah episode then. <laughs> yeah, please, please prove me wrong. I. Uh, you know, I just, I'd love, like, I want, uh, I want to believe, sure, but it has ghosts on it instead of aliens, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, I do, I want to believe that ghosts are real. I want to believe in an afterlife, uh, especially since I did experience um, death of, like, family at such young ages. Like, yeah. my grandfather and my uh, mom died a year apart from each other, and they were, like, big parts of my life, so it was, like, you know and when you're really young like that that's hard um yep i get it yeah but yeah please tell me more about these apparitions make me believe that this place is haunted so um people in the town have said that they've seen people walking um throughout the cemetery or seen people it's always a man for some reason just the local goth yeah so <laughs> But those same people um, and even the employees have said that they always saw a man in the basement. Mm -hmm. um, and multiple, multiple people said they felt like they could actually, like he was actually there, they could see him. But once they got closer, he was gone. Oh, geez. No, thank yeah. you. So <laughs> like the no, closer you, you get and all of a sudden they're just gone and you can't explain like oh, they vanished or they like floated away. No, it was just always like the minute they got closer, he was gone. How weird. So, and then unexplained noises kind of freaks me out too. Cause it's like screaming is one thing, but like when you can't explain a noise that you're hearing, peace out. <laughs> Goodbye. See, <laughs> see I, got the, I got the CPTSD. Uh, uh, one of the things I, since, okay. So I was diagnosed with CPTSD uh, when I was 19. But um, a, a weird thing, and I don't like, it's something that no therapist has been able to explain to me. I have seen a cat following me around since I was like 15 years old. Just a cat. random cat. Hmm. And every time I go to, what? Yeah, it's Does always the, the same. Look? It's always the same black cat. And anytime I look to go look directly at it, it's gone. Um, and sometimes I'll see it like walking through our house and I'll just be like, Peaky? And then, nope, not Peaky, because Peaky's in the other room. And um, so with CPTSD, uh, hallucinations are a symptom. And so I've always just chalked it up to close seeing shit again. Um, because I have been prone to seeing like shadows of like, you know, people walking by me and stuff like that. But I've always, and, and like, you know, vulnerably talking about my mental illness, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> But um, more people should, so yeah, yeah. more people no, should definitely. Sure. Uh, so, 
like there will be moments where I'm like, cool, I'm seeing shit. I'm going to like read a book and spend the rest of the night curled up in bed because I cannot human today uh, because I'm going to just apologize to somebody who's not there. Somebody's going to look at me like I'm, you know, bananas. And uh, I am, you know, technically, legally, uh, you know. I am legally bananas. Is there anyone Uh, not in this chat right now? That's true. (laughs) But... uh, and I, I almost wonder if that is like a big part of why I'm such a skeptic. But yeah, um, if it's all, all of these different people seeing the same guy in this graveyard, yeah, and he's done, he's been described as this as like same features, same look, and it's all been different people not connected to each other, not connected. Maybe to each he's other. A so that's a big one. <laughs> and I think that's that's a recurring thing too with like all the things that have been reported at Taunton. It's always been by people not connected by to each other. That is yeah. that is really interesting. That is mm-hmm. um because it would make sense if it was people would all talk to each other or something like that. Yeah. And like, you know, telephone wires get crossed. Yeah. But... Or if the stories were so vastly different, mm-hmm. it would be easy to be like, oh, come on. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. But that is um now I wanna go see we need to take and we're actually get in the car, drive to this asylum, and just hang out in the graveyard and see if we see I thought we all agreed that we're not that white. Or like, I mean, you do, or Stephanie's not white, but I'm not that white. <laughs> Stephanie over there, brown. Like, <laughs> like mm. uh, see, I'm, I will do it. Like, I'll go to places like that. But the minute something weird, ha- I'm out. Yeah, that's exactly it. And be like, yeah. I'm out. That's the, it. Bye. The, my, my native half is like the moment shit gets weird. We are getting in the car and we're driving yeah. away because that's white people shit. White people die by ghosts, <laughs> not the rest of us. Uh, the person, but white side of me is like, do we have a camera? <laughs> right. Yeah, like get the camera. Yeah. We're recording. I mean, mm. growing up in Savannah, all that stuff you do, like haunted tours and being in the cemetery at night. Mm-hmm. That's so like normal to me, mm-hmm. but let me see or hear something weird and see Matu being like half indigenous, half white. He's gonna like have his arm out the window, like trying to record as he drives away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe, exactly. Maybe my problem is but... is that I grew up thinking I was half white my whole life right? until, Listen to until me. that DNA came back. Right. Listen to me. The moment white. a coyote gets up on two legs, though, I'm fucking gone. Yeah, I y'all are good fucking Shea, luck. Good same. fucking luck, y'all We're are. Done. The moment I hear coyotes in an area where there shouldn't be coyotes, I'm fucking yeah. done. Sun's going down and you hear recent, coyotes. I'm done. Did you see his most recent TikTok where he's like me at the circus? Ah, oh, look, it's on two legs, and then it's like yes. me at home. Yes. <laughs> oh, look, it's on two legs. Fuck no. <laughs> like closes the. Yeah. Can you, no, you lock the fucking door and close all the blinds. Absolutely not. I see nothing. Yeah. It's not there if I don't think about it. <laughs> Which rain are we on now? Like number three? Yes. Four. We so, warned everybody in we the did. last episode. episode Y'all were warned. One. Y'all were warned. Um, so one of the biggest rumors that made Taunton Hospital famous um, was the rumor that Lizzie Borden stayed here while she was... Um, pending trial but she didn't um she actually stayed for like one night at the jail right down the street but for some reason in the area the rumor spread that she had stayed in taunton and she did not 
That's because journalists back then had nothing better to do. So they were like, oh, I'm going to write a salacious ass story. <laughs> well, I think people too who just wanted to play into the spooky aspect or like the horror aspect of it all was like, oh, this chick that probably didn't <laughs> murder yeah, her parents for definitely sure. stayed here. Hashtag free Lizzie. Hashtag Lizzie didn't do it. Uh, do you guys want to be like a little creeped out? So I set my phone down while you were talking about the spooky guy and uh, it sent my partner a message and the message is a series of numbers and letters, but all of the numbers are 666 over and over and over again. Um, Can we talk about how your name for your partner and your phone is Thick Bottom Pot? (laughs) That's their Twitter name. That's their Twitter name. Look, I'll show you. It's their Twitter name. Oh my gosh, that is weird though. But that I will. Uh, their uh, name in my phone is Puppy Wuppy Cakes. <laughs> you are my sugar plum pony bun. Pumpy umpy You're my sweetie. I have no room to talk. I have Michael as like Harambe and ass titties. Oh yeah, I love respectively. That. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, you know commuting from the dead over here uh i think my phone's cursed agatha are you typing continue agatha is the one who sent the text right can't touch my phone right now it's cursed continue i'm so excited for stephanie to read this next part because i helped her research lizzie borden and um, yeah, I, I am so I like excited to tell because... stories i like to tell stories like in the theme of like drunk history so i left her a bunch of notes and i'm very 110 percent jelly lizzie borden is like the the lesbian queen so i'm here for it yeah. <laughs> a lesbian icon he is she's a lesbian icon so that's pretty much my segue into Lizzie Borden because um, people have always said that she stayed there, but she did not. Nice. Um, so the Borden house, which is also in the Bridgewater Triangle, um, was where Lizzie Borden was said to have murdered her father and stepmother. Um, I don't think she did it. She didn't. There's there are a lot of people who think she didn't do it, but I'm sorry. Her uncle showed up the night before. The night before the murder. He was not to be trusted at all. Like he was he had scumbag. Quote unquote business dealings with Andrew. And then, oh wow, look at that. They're dead. Yeah, (laughs) no, it's just too convenient. And the only reason it dropped to Lizzie was one, okay. Uh, there's a lot of rumors that Lizzie and the maid were like getting it and uh, two woman yeah, easy scapegoat like, she wasn't married and they were like oh, she's yeah. not married yeah, she, she was like in her it. 20s and wasn't married so it was Spencer. a travesty <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so the reason it would make sense that the uncle came with talking about business Mm. with Andrew and then wound up dead was because Lizzie's dad made a lot of money as Shelby would put it yeah I was like that's not what I wrote I wrote (laughs) money he was he was a rich man he was loaded as fuck um 
At the time of his death in 1892, his estate was worth 300,000 American dollars, which is about the equivalent of 9 million American dollars. Oh yeah, so the uncle absolutely was like, I'm gonna kill them, pawn it off on Lizzie. And well, he probably wanted money. Wealthy. And Andrew said no. Because so he yeah. also super frugal, which is what people said irritated Lizzie. But yeah, it sounds right. sounded like, from accounts, he was pretty generous with his daughters. He was, um, but a lot of it, I feel like frugal is not even the right word. Like, people described him as a miser. Like, yeah, he was mm. so, they were like, yeah. 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 So, um, but it didn't, I don't think I there was, was anything about Lizzie uh, ever wanting, though. No, they didn't want yeah. for anything. No. Like, in fact, a lot of the, um, a lot of the squabble came <laughs> wait, from Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> She probably wanted indoor plumbing. Okay. But okay. they did not. Indoor plumbing was a thing then. But she's he like, was I would so like to shit you inside don't the house. Your parents he was so to shit in the house. You I don't, don't know. If I had to shit in a bucket, shit don't hold it past me, okay? <laughs> but they, I might murder again, my own parents if they make me shit in a bucket. <laughs> the equivalent of $9 million, and you will not provide indoor plumbing to your family because That's you're fair. that much of a that cheap seat. Yeah, he probably was pissed. That is extremely frugal at that point. (laughs) Yeah, she goes to her friend's house and they have a toilet. (laughs) She goes home and has to shit in a bucket. Like, I just oh my god, though, uh, can you (gasps) imagine just like the like the first time you ever sit down on a toilet, shit, and use toilet paper, and you're like, wait, 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 this. I do what with this? (laughs) This is an option. Hold up a minute. They might have done something here. Oh, like this This seems like a good idea, Dad. We don't shit in a bucket anymore. And he's like, mm, you want a new dress instead? Uh, like, right. I'm trying I to keep them dollars. I will buy you the fanciest Parisian fashions. And she's like, our family came over here on the Mayflower and I'm shitting in a bucket. <laughs> Me and my lesbian like, partner would like to shit in a toilet, please. I'm going to kill my dad <laughs> for a toilet. <laughs> Could you imagine if she had done it and she's like up on the stand? They're like, why'd you kill your father? She's like, because I want to shit plumbing. in a toilet. <laughs> she's like, the person has uh, indoor plumbing, so. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to jail because they have plumbing. <laughs> well, why would mom have to die too, though? Unless it was she didn't like, like the uh, stepmom. St- yeah, her stepmom. Oh, yeah, her stepmom was, was a bitch. That's a right. Monster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel that. Anyway, they, not my new stepmom, but in general. Yeah, not mine. <laughs> Mine's an angel. Yeah, my um, new stepmom's up. She's a queen. Just same, same. I love how you did a chef's kiss. Just, just she's a perfect woman. I don't know why she likes my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that the way that you do a chef's kiss could also be like be a, a joint. Like okay, a joint. but maybe like that's sometimes just, you that's do just it how my hands work. <laughs> Maybe my hands. Why know. not both? We'll do, you know, take a little drag and then the chef's kiss. A little bit of both. Chef's kiss uh, in this hand, joint in the other. There we go. Um, Lizzie and her sister, they were the only siblings. They were the only kids of Andrew. Um, they were raised devoutly religious and big yeah. participants yeah. in their church. Um, Lizzie taught Sunday school to children of new immigrants to the U.S. So... I mean, I don't know if I had been raised devoutly religious and had to shit in a bucket. <laughs> That's too much. Uh, too much. Uh, okay. Okay. Too so, much. so we've got we've got some some stuff here. 
There's definitely some some things where hyper Christian. It, it, it could have been possible, <laughs> but I still don't think she did it. And uh, couldn't tell anybody she was fucking the maid. I'd be pretty upset if I was like if or Nancy O'Neill. <laughs> right, like my my bae is real hot, and I can't tell anybody about it. That's a, that's that's depresso. <gasps> and she had to shit in a bucket on top of that. <laughs> Can't tell people how hot the chick she's banging is, and she shits in a bucket no. while her daddy's sitting on three hundred. And she has to go to church every right, Sunday, like where you absolutely have the money. Oh, and to uh, do if this. they're like devout, devout, they probably went to church twice a week. They were so, extremely religious, yeah. so I would yeah. So they probably went to church yeah. twice a week. So yep. twice a week to church, where she was probably constantly being told, you know, that she wasn't like a woman enough because she didn't have some like you know, dick taking care of her. And Not only that, I imagine they were preaching about how homosexuality is like vile and shit like that. So then she had to hear about that too. Right. Yeah. And I think it's actually more common to hear about uh, like in churches, the anti-homosexual like homosexual thing is more common now than it was back then because they just like- The translation, be- like the, that was in the 1940s, wasn't it? It was, bef- correctly? It, it, it was, the translation happened uh, during the King James Bible, uh, actually. I remember there being something where like they were transferring that one part in Leviticus that everybody fucking warps now to uh, say that. Yeah, because it definitely said uh, not to lay with a like young boy. Yeah. And they changed it to a man shall not lay with a man. Yeah, yeah it, was in, it was intentional uh, yeah. because they were trying to uh, it was another part of, you know, fuck paganism. And paganism was very accepting of homosexuality. So Of course. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. of course they're trying to convert those Romans and Greeks who were gay as fuck. And yes. I will never forget. I think it was on TikTok where someone was like, The Greeks were very upstanding Christians. And I was like, Oh honey, no. No, no, no. Okay. No. So continue. Uh, on your point about Lizzie Borden, yeah, I will look up <laughs> when uh, the church started condemning homosexuality actively, um, and then I'll just side note it later. Uh, yeah. but please continue, <laughs> stuff. I'm so sorry. <laughs> unrelated, but important. <laughs> so, um, three years after the death of Lizzie's mother, her father remarried Abby Durfee Gray. Which Durfee, that, that last name would just say it all for me. No, Gray, because that's my sister-in-law's maiden name. (laughs) And you can keep that in because... Um, (laughs) She she believed that her stepmom was a gold digger um, and was only with her father for the money, which that I I don't know that I can believe too because if he was that much of a cheapskate, she probably wasn't benefiting from it fully. Like he's got Um, the money, but he's not going to spend it on you. (laughs) Right, but she did call her Mrs. Borden. And that was like the extent of their personal relationship. <laughs> yeah, like when I read that, I was like, some people could argue that's for like respect, but I I don't think so. In their yeah, case, no. I really don't think so. No. Um, in May of 1892, three months before the murders, um, Andrew, Lizzie's father, killed multiple pigeons in the family barn with a hatchet, believing that they were attracting local children to the barn to hunt them. Um, And this upset Lizzie very deeply as she loved birds um, and she had recently built them a coop. So that's just mean. That's another thing that might play into like the fact that 
she wasn't very happy with her parents. I feel like there's a but, lot there. Like I can see how they got to believing that Lizzie was the one that killed him. But at the same time, a lot of people didn't fucking like him. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think there were a lot of things, especially with the stepmom in play and yeah. that whole atmosphere they were in together. Um, For sure. Because two months later, the family had an argument that prompted Lizzie and her sister to leave the house and take vacations in Bedford, Massachusetts. Um, when Lizzie returned the week before the murder, she chose to stay in a boarding home for four days before she actually went back to their family home. That's also where I'm like, I feel like if she had planned to kill him, she just would have gone straight home. Like, yeah. why, why hang out in a boarding house? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, tensions began to flare when Lizzie and Emma learned that their dad had been gifting his various rental properties to the stepmother's family. That would piss me off too, especially you grow up with this man who is being so fucking frugal. Like they didn't, obviously they were well taken care of, but he's like gifting these properties and, you know, being so against who he was that I would be fucking pissed too. So this is this is where I would get really mad. Um, Emma and Lizzie, so Lizzie and her sister, they demanded that they be given the home they grew up in with their mother, um, and that they lived in until she had passed. And he sold it to them for a dollar. And I don't care if it's a dollar or a hundred thousand dollars. If you're gifting things to other people, and then they sell, why it do to you want you a dollar for so a dollar? Yeah. Right. Um. A few weeks before the murders, they actually sold the property back to their father for five thousand. Good for them. So yeah, I mean, boss bitches right there. Good for them. Um, <laughs> the night before the murders, John Vinicum Morse, who was um, Piece their of uncle, shit. he popped in for a totally not suspicious visit. <laughs> He wanted to discuss business matters, which again, I think <laughs> he probably wanted money. And quote unquote business. Yeah. Mm. Mr. Chibo said no. Um, yeah. So maybe unrelated, but probably not. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so side note, 1946 was the answer uh, See? to our question. Right. Yep. Uh, so yeah, she probably wouldn't have been hearing about it like actively too much. Um, but, uh, because this is Victorian era or Edwardian. Okay. Victorian. So it was common in Victorian era for, um, same sex partners to live together. Boston uh, marriages. In Boston marriages. Yes. So, um, it wouldn't have been rightly condemned. So we can absolutely ax out the idea that she killed them over her homosexuality. Inch. Yep, the pun was intentional. Anyway, please continue. I'm sorry I interrupted. Go ahead. <laughs> this may be unrelated too, but after reading like multiple sources, it's definitely worth noting that during the week leading up to the murders, the entire family had been violently ill. Um, a family friend later speculated that this was due to mutton left on the stove to use in meals. But Abby, the stepmom, had definitely feared that they were being poisoned because Andrew was not liked at all by others. It was in the summer and it was hot and you're eating meat that you left out. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I don't think anybody was bringing but them he's like also a, a dick. cake or anything. <laughs> he is a, maybe a little of both. Maybe, right. you know, someone was like, fuck them. They got a mutton out that they're all just eating off of. Yeah. Um, so on the morning of August 4th, 1892, the Borden family made an Irish immigrant named Bridget Maggie Sullivan heard Lizzie calling for her from the second floor. Um, she kept yelling, Maggie, come quick. Father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him. That is such a strange thing to yell. <laughs> but it the is maid, the and I think lover. Her behavior is ultimately what kind of didn't help her case. Right. And I, but I think like, that does lead to my, you know, the, the theory of them being a couple too, because she spoke so vulnerably to her. Do you know what I mean? Even yeah, in that but I guess in like yeah. any situation, like you would probably be vulnerable to anyone who's there. That's true, but I feel like it, um, with maids and stuff, you know, usually they didn't have as deep of a connection unless they like. I raised see what them. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, like they tended to be extremely formal. That right. very formal, and it's really hard to break that, even in a moment of trauma response. Yeah. So um, that sounds a very informal way of speaking to somebody like that. And uh, so to me, that sounds like they were very close, but there's also other like things that came up that suggested it. And yes, I am gonna hyperfixate on the fact that she was a lesbian. You're welcome. Continue. <laughs> no, please, by all means, let's hyperfixate on the fact that they were probably lesbians. <laughs> they, they were definitely scissoring in the woods. Um, <laughs> all la year of the wishing. I hope Goody Proctor never saw them. Right. Uh, so Goody Proctor oh. did see them. <laughs> Both Andrew and Abby Borden had been murdered with a hatchet. Um, Abby was facing her killer based on forensic analysis. Again, I don't know how good forensic analysis was back then. Um, as, as Shelby put it, yay old forensic analysis. <laughs> and she was struck 18 times in the head, which seems very personal. That's rage. Yeah, that seems if, really personal. That's rage. Right. Um, the first was just above her ear, causing her to fall. The remaining 17 were to the back of the head once she had fallen on the floor. Jesus Christ. Um, Andrew received 10 or 11 blows with the same instrument, one of them splitting his eye, um, which suggested he was asleep when he was murdered. Um, his wounds were still bleeding when the family doctor, Dr. Bowen, arrived and gave an estimated time of death as 11 a.m. That is like broad daylight. That is mm -hmm. ballsy. That's right. another reason why I don't think Lizzie did it. Just, it just seems like a man say, thing to do. I think it's weird that at 11 a.m. the maid is there. <laughs> no one's getting murdered at 11 a.m. and no one heard anything. Right. Yeah, that, and like, that can't be accurate. That, I, I, if they're like, still bleeding and the blood hasn't coagulated, it can't right. be that far off. It feels very, uh, very much like Okay, so one of my theories has always been that the reason uh, Lizzie and the maid didn't hear anything is because they were not in the house. They was doing the nest. They, yeah. the they, they were probably hiding out somewhere and like making out. You know what I mean? And like There's trying to have. No, if it wasn't, if like being in a relationship with a woman wasn't condemned back then, like I would have just said, you know what? <laughs> We were out there doing the dirty. Well, the thing is, is it wasn't child. a matter of them being together. That would have been wrong. Having sex outside of marriage was still wrong. 
And uh, so the problem wasn't that homosexuality was a problem or them being together. It would have been the issue of unwed uh, relations. Yeah, but they couldn't be wed either. So it then that did not matter the to the church. And what that's I was going to of... say was that like what maybe the uncle knew and like saw them, figured it out. That's why Lizzie was an easy scapegoat too, because then that's you'd have to be possible. like, because yeah. then you'd have to be like, well, where, where were you? And either you, you know, act weird like Lizzie did. But again, that's not me. Everyone grieves differently. So I'm not going right. to be out here and be like, oh, she was acting weird because everybody grieves differently. Well, like in the yeah, 12th but- century, uh, the, the Catholic Church was pretty open about like their priests and stuff being gay uh, and pretty comfortable with it. And uh, it wasn't until like the 1400s or something like that that they started condemning uh, right. homosexuality because a new pope had arrived and basically had said, uh, any sex outside of you know, marriage was lust and therefore right. bad. So I think that that would be like the level because they were allowed to live together. That you just could not, you know, you were. It was assumed they did not have sex. Right. You know what I mean? So right. Yeah. So as Shelby was saying, she definitely acted weird when she was questioned. Um, she kept giving confusing or conflicting answers or just downright changing her answers when she was Mm -hmm. asked. And that's what led investigators to become suspicious of her. Um, investigators also said they did not like how calm she was and that they did not perceive any form of grief, Mm -hmm. which again, people deal with things differently. Yeah. Um, but that led the investigators to believe that she was guilty and that she had done this. And because of that, then the townspeople thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so rumors, hearsay, right. you know, which was very easy thing to do to ruin someone's reputation. Um, and it's interesting that they didn't like go for the witch thing because that would have been very in line with colonial right. America. Um, uh, it just feels like it was all very set up. And it's also very possible that uh, Uncle Dearest, who more than likely did everything, um, promised a very sizable amount of money to the judge. Yeah. I mean, that could have, th- thankfully, if that was the case, it didn't work out because um, when she did face trial for her father and stepmother's murders, she was acquitted. And mm-hmm. the jury only spent 10 minutes deciding her fate. Oh, good for her. Usually usually that means a guilty verdict, you know, if a jury comes back that quickly. Um, But speculation in the town definitely remained amongst people who knew the Borden family. So Lizzie ended Mm -hmm. up changing her name and moved into a new modern home with her sister, Emma. Why she stayed in that town, I don't know. Because they continued to ostracize her. Um, They even accused her of shoplifting a few years later why she doesn't need to shoplift (laughs) that they now have daddy's money right they're kept they're good right right um that's rough yeah around this time is when lizzie became friends with the stage actress nance o'neill um and rumors swirled about the two being lesbians and they were roommates roommates um apparently lizzie's sister didn't approve of their relationship either which fueled rumors because she ended up moving out mm. yeah she was like Bitch, no one I'm asked you emma <laughs> go ahead move out um lizzie died at the age of 66 after having um her gallbladder removed 
Oh man, three years she could have died in a really nice position. <laughs> Everyone at the funeral like she, nice. Nice. <laughs> she contracted pneumonia um, after her gallbladder surgery. That sucks. And um no one was ever convicted of the murders. Yeah, it, I just, we all know it was the uncle. It had to have been the it uncle. It's been. too sussed. And uh, what was it? Weren't you saying there was like a series of um, like railroad um, like robberies or something like that? Either you or Shelby was saying that to me. I don't know that we've had that conversation, but I have read and heard that. And I think it was in that other podcast that um, Shelby listened to. Yeah. There was always stuff like that going on too, which was like and then in those do. towns there were like tons of things that were left, you know, unconvicted. Mm-hmm. And it was because back then people could do that. Yeah, back then it was like that. they would just hop well, on a train and <laughs> yeah, what are they gonna do? Right? They go and that's it. I was actually really impressed if you guys are familiar with the case of Cordelia Botkin. I was actually really impressed with like the level of police work they were able to accomplish for the time period because it was also during the Victorian era. And it was like the first murder by mail instance. So I was actually really impressed that they were able to figure that one out. Huh. I'm sorry. Um, uh, my ferret is opening and closing my office door. <laughs> How rude. Um, the Borden home is now a dead and breakfast. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I have heard of that. And I kind of want to go and stay there. <laughs> yeah, people have said that they've heard doors opening and closing on their own, um, coupled with a mysterious floral scent that some say are signs of the Borden spirits. Um, believers claim the house is haunted by the ghosts of two children murdered by their mother at a house next door in 1848 what? why they'd haunt someone else's house yeah um, i was gonna say why would they go next they door just, the ghosts were They're like you know this house I'm you know what go next door house. doesn't have toilets <laughs> next door doesn't have toilets so i don't have to listen to flushing my god <laughs> oh my gosh it says a lot of um places where i was reading said that <clears throat> lizzie herself on a part-time basis will even haunt her home and like it's a fucking job <laughs> right Her time. she's like hanging she out clocks in i'm like here to fuck shit up like uh, where's my ghost money so, yeah so not just like her family home that she grew up in but they say that she also haunts um the maplecroft home which was the home that her sister mm-hmm. and her bought after the trial um there sheree priest wrote um a a book series on lizzie borden that uh is true to her lesbianism and is true to um like a lot of the stuff but it is a horn uh horror series um they're very good Shree Priest is it's a horror series <laughs> but i do think that um in the series lizzie is still the murderer but um it's supernatural complete retelling and the parents are like either possessed stuff like that it, it's they're monsters like literal monsters lizzie Gordon so. vampire killer I'd watch it. <laughs> Listen, I saw Abraham Lincoln Vampire Killer in theaters. Do not judge me. I'm feeling a little judgy right now. A little tiny bit. I'm teeny, fighting the urge to be a little bit. judgy right now. <laughs> no. No, no Agatha. Um, Agatha's like, I judge you and you're so... <laughs> 
Careful, Matu. Now it's not going to recognize your face. I swear to God. <laughs> um, a cleaning lady that was employed by the Dead and Breakfast was cleaning the room that Abby was murdered in um, on the second floor in the guest room. And she stepped out to grab something she needed right after making the bed. When she returned to the room, there was a large indentation in the bed in the shape of a person. She was the only person in the house, and it's definitely worth noting that Abby was found dead beside the bed. Oh, wow. Um, that was her first and last day. She uh, did same. not stay employed. <laughs> Deuce. Employed. No. Uh, vibe. Uh, do you think that there are blood stains in the woods still? Or do you think they replaced I mean, I feel like or, with the way, yeah. yeah, wood floor, like hardwood floors were back then, absolutely. There would, because I'd they were like way porous. more porous. Yeah. Right. So there has to be blood soaked into the wood flooring because this was like before the era of carpet, you know? Yep. So I would think that it has indoor plumbing, <laughs> but they probably kept the hardwood. <laughs> I feel, like keep the, uh, yeah, I feel like they would keep the, yeah, I feel like they would the hardwood flooring. Maybe they have like some kind of laminate case over the top of it now or something. But um, I just feel like the concept, a lot of lore says that ghosts are attached to parts of themselves that are still around, there. If there was blood soaked into the floorboards. Right. That's a part of that person still there. So that, that would attach the parents at the bare minimum to the right. house. Yeah. Lizzie, if if we're going in that line of thought, maybe some blood, she like cut a finger or, you know, had a, her period somewhere well, or something. I mean, not so, just physical it, things though, like memories. That's it's true. also said to like- Lizzie actually was on her period when it happened because yeah. in a documentary that I listened to, there was like this whole thing. Actually, you know what? It was last podcast on the left. Last mm-hmm. podcast on the left recently did a really good series about this. She was on her period at the time because right. she was talking about like how she wasn't even in the house. She was like washing her menstrual rags or something to that effect. Right. Because like, fuck that. Glad I'm not alive back then. Like the whole belt that you like. <laughs> clipped onto your body to hold your menstrual rags. Listen, but- I have considered those because of, like, <laughs> reasons, okay? Because you know how hard it is to get a pad to stay in boxers? <laughs> <laughs> but alternatively, it was noted that, like, she didn't have blood on her. So, right, they tried to argue that, like, oh, well, she didn't have blood on her because she was, like, wearing an apron or, like, she changed or, like, just... Shit like you that. would find the clothes though. No, yes, literally the, not. the only thing they had to go off of was her behavior. And the that's fact all that they, they did. didn't feel yep. like she was upset enough. And yet again, we're back to the fact that mental illness or the way we handle trauma is and has always been super fucking ridiculous because anyone with any like proper understanding would know that a you know numbness is a sign of grief and like shock right a lot of things too were they were upset because they felt like she was giving contradicting answers and i was give her a fucking break right it's not like she was out here being like nefarious she would just say things and then they would be like well that doesn't make sense and then i mean at the time like that had to have been humiliating for her to admit that she was on her period because you did not talk about that shit back then. Well, and when you experience trauma like that, you might remember things differently in the moment and then it becomes clear once you've had a chance to step back. Absolutely. So, yeah, so, because our, our brains filter things. Right. Yeah. 
Um, the owners of the Dead and Breakfast have also reported being shoved and having seen mists and feeling cold spots in the room where Andrew was found. Um, whether that's PR or not, who knows? But that cleaning lady would probably believe it, you know? <laughs> probably, because I was going to say that came from the, the owner himself, him being right. like, oh, I got pushed. Right. So, um, people say that if you want to stay in the boarding home and don't want to be fucked with by Andrew, leave some money on the dresser. Because he's a greedy little bitch. Yeah. He's like, a dollar, you say? All right, I'll leave you a alone. A dollar will not make me holla. Y'all sleep tight. <laughs> right, have a good night. Y'all sleep tight. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from the bathroom. But also leave money because you need to be tipping your maid. Like Someone's got to pay for this plumbing. <laughs> right? This fancy not shitting in a bucket plumbing. Right. And who's paying for this shit? It's not me. <laughs> Literal shit. Where's the, <laughs> for the shit? Where's the buckets? Oh yeah, so that's Taunton and the Lizzie Borden house, and how the two are oddly and yet not truthfully connected, but that's still so connected wild. by rumor. That is just such a wild. Uh, like I had no idea about the rumor between the two. Uh, I knew a lot about the Lizzie Borden house because uh, gay history. Um, <laughs> because the gays and the history. Uh, Listen, listen. I, she's an icon, but uh, <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> and like, if she had like final thought here, if she had killed her parents because of the homophobia thing. Right. Right. Yeah. I just lesson of the day. It don't is be a homophobe. Because don't be uh, a homophobe. Abby was killed first and Abby was, I mean, Low. to be fair, an axe is heavy. And if it was the uncle, he was probably tired by the time he got to Andrew. Right. But Abby was hit more times. And like the visceral hatred of Abby. I could yes. see it being Lizzie in that yeah. case. Yeah. Um, but if if it was the uncle, that could have just been who he came into contact with first. And that maybe he was so like, get, I gotta do a get, double tap. Otherwise she might not be dead. Right. She know? gets 18, but Andrew only got 10 because at this point he's now picked that hatchet up and right whacked right. it 18 times interestingly so, interesting to see um, what it would have been like if they had like forensics for like fingerprints you know there's actually crime scene photos are there you yeah you can look up uh lizzie borden crime scene photos they'll come right yeah. up but um interestingly enough too like we were talking about how the time of death may not be correct was that they were actually able to pour blood out of andrew's shoes That's creepy. That is just really wild. Yeah, right? because the blood hadn't like coagulated at all. So it had happened very, very recently. That's so wild. Um, so that was really fascinating stuff. Thank you. That was really informative. Um, next week, we're gonna be talking about, we're gonna uh, switch into a different state. We're gonna be going to Maine, uh, Bucksport, Maine and talking about the witch's foot which is um, also like, also called the uh, the curse of you know Colonel Jonathan Buck's tomb, and um, it, it has oddly a lot to do with um, women being put on trial for shit they didn't do, trying to <laughs> be themselves. Yeah, for being women, <laughs> <laughs> like that. Uh, so yeah, uh, that was jeez. 
that was a lot to consume and con- <laughs> I've got the consumption um oh no <laughs> I'm just visual like visualizing the blood coming out of a boot right now so sorry <laughs> no you're good I just, I just thought it was really interesting when I heard about that I was like holy oh, shit well, uh, that's we will, fresh we will see you all in the, the next episode where I take the wheel and um any last words? Check Don't out our Instagram. <laughs> Send us your stories too. Don't yeah, be afraid. Send us your stories. Check out our Instagram. Don't kill your parents. <laughs> Don't kill your parents. And Back also, don't be a homophobe. Don't, don't be, a, be homophobe. a homophobe. Don't be a hater of women and don't judge people how they grieve. <laughs> right? Lizzie Mental Borden illness is, is real. <laughs> and uh, good night. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That's all for this part of the journey. Our drivers will gas up the hearse, and the rest of you, well, good night. Sleep tight. And remember, those aren't bed bugs biting you when a limb slides off the side of the bed. <laughs>